The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Well, we know for sure who the quarterback this weekend for the Miami Dolphins will be, but I honestly, I'm not sure who I believe anymore when it comes to the Kansas Jayhawks. Dude, he said news to me. I like that, dude. That's good. And and then showed up apparently in coach's office and arms out of a sling. Oh, you know, really? At least in the photo that they took. Oh, I did not arms see that. arms up. I didn't see that photo either. Oh, oh yeah. Are we yeah. sure that's not an old photo? <laughs> Did we do some research? Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't thing. get in depth. That was, uh, but but according to uh, to Lance, that was his guy. Wow. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G. Travion Berklin is half wearing a hoodie and backwards. Hey. What, what's going on over there? I'm freezing. It's always cold in here. Well, you got a remote in there. You can turn the AC up or down. Yeah, I it's not too it high. Up a little bit, but. Still cold. Hey, you're Trey shivering Vion, over there. You have uh, have you killed any '90s hip hop icons lately? Not Tre- this somebody week, check uh, Tretch from Naughty by Nature. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Travion's got his hands on him. These two over here, they get mad at me because I will turn down the AC. I like a cool room. I, you know, as a fat guy, I do appreciate that though. I'm just glad some people keep it toasty in here. I don't think. I don't think Troy, though, is a big fan of it. No, Troy, not. No, I, I tend to be a 72 degree guy. I mean, for like the in most the house, part. you're talking uh, about? Yeah. Year round? Uh, not quite that uh, year round. 72 uh, is not bad, though, in the winter. I'm a 69 guy myself. Oh, boy. Nice. We Yesterday was the day for the blue material, okay? Today's family friendly <laughs> stuff. Okay, Should I specify? Keep... I mean, temperature. Yeah, temperature. We need to keep it level today, man. Oof. Keep it between the lines. Here That's we go. Right. Well, today was uh, kind of a weird day. Uh, weird. I mean, nothing like gr- groundbreaking or anything when it came to breaking news. But Skylar Thompson called his dad to deliver some big news. We'll talk about that in the second hour, including also the Big Twelve. And Brett Yormark, he's doing like that media circuit right now in New York City and delivered some, uh, you know, somewhat interesting information about uh, conversations and good conversations with Fox and ESPN, those early negotiations and potentially a new TV deal. I, I'm still trying to get to meet the Wildcats for this week, which would, which would have been from this past Saturday with Felix and Udike Uzama. Yes. I really liked it. Try to get to it at the end of this hour. Uh, Travion, we ready to go with our with our guest today. Uh, let's see here. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means, kind of. Kind of this week. Uh, oh. A little different this week. One thing is the same. AEW Dynamite is tonight, 7 o'clock on TBS. For the first time ever, we'll be taking place north of the border, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And the ROH World Championship is on the line. <laughs> Let's shop on the Wizard. Chris Jericho will take on Daniel Garcia, but also a different guest today. Ah. We are pleased to be joined by Kellis Robinette 
of the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle. Kellis, appreciate you joining us. Uh, first, I want I want to start off with. Uh, not exactly talking about the incident that took place at Arrowhead Stadium with Devontae Adams and that member of the media, that freelance photographer that got shoved to the ground. As a member of the media, like used to be back in the day, you'd be taking downstairs before heading up for a, a Bill Snyder press conference, and you'd head down to the field. Have you ever been bumped or ran into by a player? Not that I can recall. There have been a few times when I've been out there on the basketball court or the football field after a big win, all the fans are out there, and you know naturally you get uh, bumped into uh, on accident in that situation. But otherwise, no, I, I kind of know if they're athletes running around to get the heck out of the way. Yeah, you're usually pretty close uh, at Bramlage, like to that corner. I'm trying to I think it's the northeast corner of that uh, first row of the, of the three press rows. You've never had to duck. Hide under a table. You haven't been uh, trampled on when it comes to a, a court storming. No, uh, I mean there's been a time or two where a, a player is, you know, been going to keep a ball alive from going out of bounds, and he's yeah. crashed into my computer or knocked over a drink or something. But that's that's uh, as close as I've come to anything like that. I almost caught a throwaway from Skyler back in the day. Whoa! Uh, this would have been his freshman year. Uh, yeah, just it was a little too high, a little too high. I hopped for it, didn't get there quite in time. Uh, e- well, even if I was on time, if I timed it perfectly, I think it was just a tad bit too high. Plus, I really would have had to tap my toes uh, just uh, inside that media, that that uh, dotted media line there around the field. But almost, young, almost. young Skyler was erratic. I mean, let's be honest. Come on, man. Did you say anything to him about it? Say, hey, bring it down a little? Or? I asked him if we could watch film afterwards and see if we could work on our connection. Uh, he was He's busy. Yeah, he was no. like, I'm not exactly sure if I'm even starting next week. <laughs> Who are you? Oh. Uh, another one, Kellis. Um, so a little uh, bit of controversy, I guess, when it came to the breaking news yesterday about Jalen Daniels. And I hope I don't mind the question, but have you ever had a swing and a miss when it comes to breaking news? Uh, no, man, the uh, professional professional reporter. You really shouldn't. Yeah, uh, uh, clean bill of health. I, I have not. Well, congratulations, Callis. Uh, I haven't either, um, that I know of. But I haven't had too many opportunities to break a ton of news anyway. Um, all right, five and one K State with a three and zero record in conference play. Where is this team currently compared to your preseason expectations? I'm pretty close to where I figured they'd be. I think if you go back and look at my preseason rundown, I had them at 5-1 and one right now anyway, um, which is exactly what they are. The notable difference being I had them losing at Oklahoma and beating Tulane at home. They went out and flip-flopped that on me. So I did not see that one coming. I don't know that a lot of people did. Um, but other than those two weird results, everything else has pretty much gone according to script. So you got to like where they are. They've one, you know, other than that one two-lane game, like I said, they've won every every game that they're in a position to win. They've taken care of business. They've done it in different ways. They beat Oklahoma in a shootout. They beat Iowa State in a uh, slugfest. So they've proven to be a versatile team, and now they're in a position where they can they can play themselves into Arlington if they can win some of the, the next games coming up. It's not going to be easy. TCU and Oklahoma State are undefeated. Texas is looking really good. Baylor is ranked in one of the polls. Kansas is ranked. Um, so they got the hardest games coming up, but 
shoot for the first half of the schedule, you really couldn't ask for a whole lot better. Yeah, Brad, your mark was on Get Up earlier today. He was throwing out a bunch of numbers, like 60% of the league is ranked right now. And I would even say, you know what, I think K-State actually is a – is is right on, I would say, with most people's expectations, like thoughts on, all right, halfway through the schedule, how am I predicting game by game? I think a lot of people would say probably 5-1, and one, but you weren't expecting the loss to Tulane, maybe expecting the loss to Oklahoma, potentially. But maybe you could even look at it as, hey, maybe they're doing better than our expectations because it's 3-0 and in the conference instead of 2-1. and I don't remember exactly how I had K-State through six games, but I, I definitely 5-1 and one or 6-0, and oh, but probably... Five and one. Um, I I asked Mason this question yesterday. I've been kind of getting uh, this kind of like the question of the week for me, and that is with uh, DJ Ginn. So I've been impressed with in his uh, limited touches. I think he's got about six a game or something right now. He didn't have a a carry in one game, so it's through five games. But uh, you know, we've seen Deuce get a little bit banged up in the last couple of games. Do you think DJ should be getting a few more touches? You can make an argument for that. Every time he's in there and he's run the ball, he's looked pretty good. He's a great downhill runner, giving the ball and tell, tell him where to go. He'll pick you up some yards. And he was uh, perfectly suited for that late-game situation in, in Ames where they basically said, look, these Vaughn is a little banged up right now. We'd rather not put him back in the game. Why don't you just charge forward, get us some tough yards, and help us run out the clock. And that's exactly what he did. I think you could definitely find some extra spots to get him on the field, um, especially if you're going to be running between the tackles, which seems to be more his forte as opposed to Deuce Vaughn, not that he can't do that. Um, but, yeah, you, you could definitely find some ways to get him out there more. I'd be intrigued to see them both out there together. The only uh, thing I will say about that, though, is that DJ still seems like he's trying to learn the playbook. I asked him after the game at Iowa State, how close he was to mastering the playbook as a uh, young player with the Wildcats. And he said, uh, and I quote, I ain't mastered nothing. So even he was uh, quick to say he's got a long way to go before he knows the ins and outs of this offense. And you saw even when Deuce Vaughn was hurt, they ran a trick play with Malik Knowles uh, where he throws the ball back to Adrian Martinez. They put Vaughn back on the field for that play because uh, DJ had never repped it, wouldn't know where to go. So there are just certain things you can't ask him to do. I don't know that you could have him running wheel routes or doing too much in terms of pass pro. If you just need somebody to get in there and run for extra yardage, he's definitely an option. Hmm. I did not hear that quote that he, uh, from you talking to DJ Gins about not knowing the playbook, like mastering or anything. I don't know if that's a concern to me, but I mean, heck. I, I know Deuce has been excellent at pass blocking, but man, he has took, taken some – Big collisions with that pass blocking, even running a uh, uh, blocking when it comes to run power runs or whatever. Uh, maybe you know DJ is pretty strong. He's a big guy. He's more of a Daniel Thomas type of when it comes to size. Um, you know maybe he could start taking a few of those blows and give Deuce a little bit of a break. But also, I mean, when Deuce is in the game and he's consistently in the game and he's the only running back through three quarters, it's easier for the uh, defense to keep its scheme going when it comes to trying to stop Deuce Vaughn. And we saw Deuce uh, have his uh, and we, tough defense to run against when it comes to Iowa State. Uh, but I think it was his second worst uh, rushing day in his career uh, for Deuce Vaughn. But I still thought his blocking was pretty solid. Uh, to the defensive side of the football here, Kellis, uh, I, I yesterday put together a top 10 list, and it was super hard to do because I tried to rank the 10 best defensive players on K-State's 
uh, you know, defense through six games. And I, I, I juggled with who I, who I put ahead of the other, Josh Hayes or Kobe Savage, because I almost see him as a tie right now of just how good they have been through six games and Josh through five games because he didn't play against South Dakota. Who would you give the edge to right now between Josh Hayes and Kobe Savage? It is a tough call. They're both very good players. They've both exceeded my expectations since they've come in here. I would lean Kobe Savage there. Um, it's not like a you know a, a blowout decision or anything like that, but I just think he's a little bit more of a big-time playmaker. When you give him the opportunity to come up with an interception, he's done it a few times this season. Give him an opportunity to make a big hit, he's done it a few times this season. Josh Hayes is more of just kind of a steady-as-he-goes kind of player, never going to make a big mistake. And you kind of saw he's just a great safety valve in that defense. Uh, led, led all defenders with 11 tackles against Iowa State. Had eight in the first quarter alone. Was uh, for a while on pace to have about 100 tackles in that game. So he's a guy that he, he's really good at keeping things in front of him. He's going to make the plays when you need him to. But I really like just the uh, way Savage can come up with a game-changing kind of play. I, 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 I go back to... I think it was Missouri when he had when he had coverage on a receiver kind of in, in, at midfield in that game, and he'd done so much uh, game game study, looking at film that he knew exactly where the receiver he was defending was going to go, knew how far Missouri's quarterback could threw the ball, and played off him like eight yards, just daring him to make the pass and swoop in and make make the pick. I haven't seen Josh Hayes make that play yet, so I'll I'll lean Savage just for that reason. We're speaking with Kellis Robinette from the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle. Yeah, that I mean that the answer to that. I, I said I, I went with Josh Hayes yesterday, but I, I was like today I was like bouncing back to Kobe, and then it's a question I think will be back and forth until I see maybe somebody take the upper hand in the next game, and then the other guy does better in the next game, and they'll just kind of trade off. But they've both been so solid this year. Been very happy with the play at the safety position, both strong and free. Uh, all right, uh, Kellis, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll go one more round with Kellis. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit of Big 12 football, including uh, can Kansas get it done without Jalen Daniels? And uh, I'm needing some advice about an event next week in Kansas City, the game. Foo Fighters bring us back to the game. Mitch, Troy, Deej, Trey. 537-1350 is our number. We continue our conversation with Kellis Robinette of the Kansas City Star and Wichita Ego as I want to kind of transition now into the Big 12 with the Cats entering a bye week. Um, so the Kansas Jayhawks and its quarterback situation has been in the news the last couple of days. I mean, really ever since Saturday when Jalen Daniels went down early in the first half with a shoulder injury, does not play the rest of the game against TCU, and Jason Bean just goes off when it comes to throwing for the, the football for the most part, did make a couple of mistakes. But now we saw that report yesterday that Jalen is out for the year. Well, it turns out they may not be true, and now we're just going with doubtful for this game against Oklahoma. So that is situation uh, when it comes to the media reporting what's taking place is one thing. But you know, I mean, you're a KU guy. 
I'm I, I know you're rooting through and through for the Jayhawks to really pull off a miraculous season, but uh, I mean, do you believe in Jason Bean to be a, a great leader for the Jayhawks uh, through this time that they don't have Jalen Daniels? Uh, well, I I don't know what to think about what uh, what's happened there. The only thing I can really say is that the offense got better last week when Bean came in in the second half of that game. Um, it kind of seemed like Jalen Daniels, as good as he looked early on this season, maybe was a product of people not fully understanding just how good he was. Um, and went out there and took some, some teams by storm and by surprise. Uh, but if you look at Kansas' games this season, their points total dropped every week with, with Daniels out there from over 50 in the opener to just 14 against Iowa State. And then they really weren't moving the ball at all against TCU. Uh, it was when Bean came in the second half and started throwing the ball. He, he gets for 260 and four touchdowns. And all of a sudden, he's looking like the Heisman Trophy winner out there. Um, so I, I think as far as backup quarterbacks go, Bean is pretty good. He's started before. He uh, was pretty good at North Texas before he came to KU. So he's got some, some history. Um, even has a uh, slight K-State connection. He used to throw passes to Malik Knowles when he was in high school. He was his uh, high school quarterback. I know him and uh, Malik and um, Jalen Pickle, his roommates with Knowles, uh, go over to Lawrence uh, quite a bit and see him. So they're all friends. I'm sure they'll be rooting for him uh, when they go play Oklahoma this weekend. Um, I, I will say I think the, the line bet game is a little bit high for Oklahoma to be favored nine and, by nine and a half over anybody right now. It just seems crazy considering how badly they've lost the last two games, um, they, they've given up over 600 yards per game uh, in the Big 12 right now. I think Kansas, regardless of who their quarterback is, could go in and move the ball on them. You think the one difference about Bean and Jalen is just Jalen's a tougher guy to tackle, more shifty? I will. Yeah, I, I think Jalen is definitely a better runner. Uh, he can do more things out of that QB zone uh, run game, kind of like what we've seen from Adrian. And when he fakes the handoff to Devin Neal and he gets out in open space, he's much more of a downfield threat. From the look of it, it looked like last week when they ran with Bean, it was a lot more option stuff. Um, never really meant to, you know, totally confuse defenses. So that that would be that would be the big change in running the ball and throwing the ball. I maybe give uh, Bean a little bit of advantage. His arm looked pretty good last week. Yes, it did, and there's certainly more talent around uh, that uh, KU offense and compared to last year's team that won just one game where Jason B was kind of off and on the quarterback, but he was more of the quarterback in the first half of the season. But I'll remind folks that you know last year against Oklahoma when KU was trying to pull off that upset against, at the time, the third-ranked Oklahoma Sooners where KU lost by 12. I mean, Bean was 17 for 23, 246 in a score. He didn't throw an interception, wasn't too bad. Uh, that was, I think that was his best passing percentage of his career uh, was against last year against Oklahoma. So, but, the, but then the next week against Oklahoma State, he lasted not very long through a couple of early picks, and uh, that was all she wrote against the Pokes uh, there on the road. So uh, not as solid when he's on the road is, uh, is Jason Bean. Uh, a couple more questions for you, Kellis. Who's winning Saturday? Because there's a game between K-State's next two opponents. They're playing each other. In Fort Worth, are you taking Oklahoma State or are you taking TCU? Ooh, man, that's a great question. The only thing I can tell you with certainty there is they're going to score some points. Um, 
Both teams love to move the ball at a uh, fast rate. They go quick between plays. I won't be surprised if this is uh, maybe doesn't get quite to the Baker Mayfield versus Patrick Mahomes level of, what was that, like 66-59 when Oklahoma played Texas Tech back in the day. But it'll be up there. I, I think this the total of this game probably could hit 80 if they really wanted to. I think I would go, man, it's a tough one because I think TCU is a little bit more of the complete team. They've got a little bit better defense. Um, and they are at home, so initially I'm thinking maybe TCU, but I, I think uh, the more I think about it, I think I lean Pokes. They've got the experienced coach coach in the Big 12. They've got uh, Spencer Sanders, who was the first-team quarterback last season. Just hard to beat that combination, and it just seems like uh, their defense is getting better each week, and every time they've been put in a difficult situation against a team not named Baylor, over the last two years, they've found a way to win, and they even did beat Baylor earlier this season. So uh, I think I'd lean Cowboys for right now. A game between two quarterbacks that at times in their career has been mocked, uh, especially Max Duggan, I, I think a little bit more than Spencer Sanders. But, yeah, I'd, I'd say this is a – I mean, if you look at the stats, statistically, team stats, it seems like kind of an even game. Um, you know, maybe slight advantage here, slight advantage there for – for each team, but I am leaning uh, Pokes as well. It just kind of kind of go with the gut feeling on one of those uh, those types of games. So I'm going to go Oklahoma State right now, even though I was a little surprised about how much they did allow against a retro freshman quarterback for Texas Tech who was starting his first game uh, with a Donovan Smith as a reserve if he was absolutely needed. All right, Kellis. So to wrap up, um, believe it or not, next week for Media Day, I'm not able to go to the women's, but Wednesday for the men's, I will be able to go. It'll be my first time ever at a Big 12 media day. So uh, I just kind of uh, threw caution in the wind on like everything they were offering. I was like, yeah, give me that. I'll take a media table. Sure, I'll take a. I'll do some live radio. I'm not honestly going to be doing any live radio. I'm just going to be recording interviews. So uh, is there any advice? Do you have any advice for me? Or what do I need to know about this kind of event? Well, have you been to Big 12 football media days before? No, I never have. Okay, all right. Well, you're getting uh, uh, baptism by fire in this one, man. Um, there's not too much you need to know. Uh, they they bring the coaches out one at a time during uh, during the morning. They talk for about 20 minutes up on a podium. Uh, but I would say kind of ignore that. That tends to be the most dull and boring part of the whole thing. Um, if I were you, I would uh, try to go get as many players as I could while that's happening. Um, it, it, uh, I like the basketball media day better than football because, uh, well, for, for whatever reason, basketball coaches and players just seem to be a lot more personable than football coaches and players. Football, sometimes those guys can turn into robots with media. Basketball, they still seem to want to talk to you and give you some good answers. Um, and while those coaches are just uh, rotating up on stage, a lot of the time you'll find players just <laughs> bored to tears uh, out in the other parts of uh, T-Mobile Center playing on their phones or whatever. They're more than happy to talk to you, and I'm sure uh, when you go up and show them your credentials, let them know that you won't work for the uh, esteemed radio station K-Man in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You'll have them running over to your booth to talk to you. So I would say line up as many interviews as you can early when uh, those players are bored and looking to talk. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad I got that table then. I, I told uh, the lady in charge, she's like, just let me know when you're going to be here and all this. I'm like, well, I was kind of just planning to be there all day. I, I think that's what everybody does, right? Just kind of hangs around and interviews people. So I'm like, I'm just going to be there the whole day. Uh, she's like, great. So I'll, I'll just try to grab everybody I can there at uh, Radio Row. 
uh, all players and coaches for sure. Should be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm be a new experience for me, but I'm sure it's the type of thing where I'll get to. I'll get used to uh, rather quickly. I'll, I'll adapt to my surroundings. But uh, Kellis, thank you for your time. It was great to talk to you. It was awesome to do that Twitter thing with you back on Friday, and uh, I'll see you next week. Yeah, man. I'm uh, happy to help out anytime you ask. It's Kellis Ramonette, Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagles here on uh, on the game. When we come back, uh, let's see here. Uh, may- maybe a slight change of plans here because, uh, let's see, we got a, a, a tweet here from John Rothstein about the Big 12 when we switched to 14 teams on a couple of basketball things. Who will for sure play each other twice when we switch to 14 teams? That's interesting, right? Coming up next on the game. Our phone number is 537-1350. Tank on a 785 before that and give us a call if you want to talk cats, Big 12, whatever. Uh, the Big 12 preseason, all, all Big 12 preseason team has been announced. DG, what are you doing? Give me a break. Oh, there we go. Oh, cord got stuck under the wheel. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like Big Steve trying to, trying to explain how uh, the Beatles are the most... Overrated band ever. He's. I see. He took the signs, or somebody took the signs down of like, he he put signs up of like, be mindful with the headphone cords or something like that. After the last twenty minutes of of yesterday's show, I don't. I'm not gonna listen to a word he says. By the, by the way, credit to uh, Jim Janan over at uh, MATC. He made sure that we uh, all got a look at a nice photo of Paul McCartney with Eminem today. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? <laughs> so, That's so great. Th- thank you, Jim. We appreciate you. That's a great photo. It almost looks it like a, a like a painting. Like I kind of want to print that out and frame it. Jim, where'd you get that? That's, <laughs> I know you found it, but that's that's awesome, Jim. That's that's really funny. Uh, oh. The the. The Big 12 preseason team for men's basketball is Adam Flagler of Baylor, Jalen Wilson of Kansas, Avery Anderson of Oklahoma State, Mike Miles Jr. of TCU, who is also the preseason player of the year, Timmy Allen of Texas, and Marcus Carr of Texas. None of that surprises me. Also in the uh, honorable mention that you won't find a cat there as well. And I was thinking, you know, Marquise Noel, would he have a chance? It was borderline. He didn't get in. If there was like an all Big 12 defensive player of the year, and I don't think there is. I don't, yeah, I don't think there is. Uh, so uh, he may have had a shot at that, but most likely uh, Dwan Harris probably will get that. Um, and then, uh, you know, like new, I mean, everybody's a newcomer, right? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, right. Uh, there's yeah. T- too many to choose from. Who am I going to vote for when it comes to these K-State Wildcats? I mean, it'd probably be Keontae Johnson, but uh, he also hasn't played basketball in two years. So, uh, no, it, not a big deal that a cat isn't it, in there. It, it's just a matter of there's so many question marks that I don't think anybody has a handle on it, and that includes uh, opposing coaches. Now, this will be the last year that the Big 12 will play with just 10 programs. Next year, we'll move to 14 for potentially two years at the max. Two years with 14 programs with right before Oklahoma and Texas bouncing to the SEC. Uh, John Rothstein has reported, according to sources, the Big 12 will play the following league games twice when the conference goes to 14 teams 
in 23-24 and 24-25, of course, prior to Oklahoma and Texas leaving. They have Kansas and K-State will we'll for sure play twice. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Texas and Texas Tech. Baylor and TCU. And then here's where you find uh, the new programs showing up. Cincinnati, West Virginia. Makes sense. Um, Houston and UCF. And then the two left hanging there, Iowa State and BYU. Now, by reading into that, you think, okay, so it's just going to be these matchups that will play twice. I don't think that's the case. We'll probably later on figure out, or the Big 12 will figure out in their scheduling of, okay, who else are we going to match up for two games? Because, of course, you can't do a round robin. That's way too many games. Um, Also, um, like even if you were to split it in half, like two divisions and everybody play, I, I don't know if that works either. I, I'd have to do some math, and I, I just don't have enough time, and I don't want to do that kind of thing on air. <laughs> but uh, I mean, uh, the way that stands, though, if it was just these two teams, like K-State and KU playing each other twice, and then K-State will play everybody else once, that's 14 games. Uh, that That's probably not what's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, again, that, that'll be figured out at a later time. Um, but... The matchups, though, have been set up. I, I think they're right. I, I don't have really any issue with that. I know a weird one would be Iowa State, and also a weird one would be probably Houston. Because I figured they'd match up UCF with somebody. Might as well hook them up with the other AAC team that they have played for a while. I, there, there's something a little bit more natural there. Even though in football, I believe that Houston, Houston and, uh, and Texas Tech – that that is going to gravitate in towards towards a rivalry. I think that really, especially since they've played each other twice the last this year and last year they've played each other, mm-hmm. so it's a bit fresh and it's been very competitive when it comes to uh, a rivalry in the last couple of games. And it's an old Southwestern Conference matchup. So I'm not old enough. I know. I understand that. But that's why I have you here. Well, I mean, okay. Here here's the way to remember. <laughs> okay. Here, here's the way to remember Texas. And Arkansas. <laughs> every school from Texas. It was every it was everybody in Texas and Arkansas. I mean, it it literally was the Division One playing schools in Texas, and for good measure, they threw in the Hogs. And then the other rivalry, I was thinking another that just recently played each other twice: BYU and Baylor. I think that is so that is incredibly natural. I, I think that they just. To not get into too many details, I mean, I could I could definitely paint you a picture of why I see it that way, but also it's been very competitive the last couple of years. I, I'm just thinking of criminals versus uh, or convicts yeah, versus. Yeah. Uh, no, I yeah, hear you. Yeah, yeah. No, um, not just, not exactly that, but yes, yeah, there is some yeah, contrast. Yeah, there are yeah. there are some contrasts, even though they're both religious schools. But. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're still pro- the Big Twelve will still probably schedule K State and Iowa State twice. Um, if they were to break it into pods, which I think is uh, a likely case, it's just it's going to be weird for a couple of years with 14 teams. It's just it's going to be difficult to e- to even it up to where all right, you have this quad where you play three teams twice and everybody else once. Oklahoma and Texas make it awkward until they leave. It's going to be a lot easier to schedule it out when there's just 12 teams. Uh, it just, that's just the way it'll work out. Uh, 14 teams, yeah, it's just a bit awkward. But I, I think for the most part, though, it, it's all very fair. I, I don't think anybody would 
you know, be like, wow, you gave me that team to play twice a year. Uh, talk about not selling tickets. <laughs> Maybe Houston and UCF would be that one. Yeah. But they had to put them somewhere. Aren't Might they? Well match them up. They, but they've been conference foes, right? They were like yeah. Conference USA. Yeah, the American. I think we just go after one of these new teams just right off the bat. K-State picks one of them randomly, and we just – we just are just vicious to them to the point of they're like, like you're talking about social media vicious. Oh yeah. Like fans versus. Yeah. The- we pick one of these schools and just light them up so hard. They don't even know what's happening. I'm pretty sure that's all. That's how it already works. Well, I feel I like mean, everybody's been like, Oh, really nice. Like I just <laughs> say UCF, let's get after them. Even on this show, be like, Oh, they, I suck. mean, it's not vulgar. But it's definitely poking some fun. I want to be like, oh, what a bunch of idiot losers. Oh, those guys smell, literally stink. Wow, Golden Knights, you're going to be the Bronze Knights after we're done with you. Ooh, or hey, you're going to be the PVC pipes, you know, after we're done with you, you know? Yeah. I, I, I'm. <laughs> You you haven't been around K State Twitter much, apparently. No, I I have. I, I'm scared of it. I'm scared of it. That's why I want them to just just light one of these new newbies up so bad to where like even when we go there, it's like oh. whoever builds the next bridge, rivalry, smash them. Already done, smash them. Uh, when we come back, I'm 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 happy to get to this. Meet the Wildcats with Felix and DK Uzama right after these words. Let's get to know Wildcat at another level. It's time for Meet the Wildcats with Felix Anudike Uzama. It's Meet the Wildcats time with Felix Anudike Uzama. Favorite athlete growing up? Ooh, this is a great one. My favorite athlete growing up, I would say LeBron James. Do you have a dating red flag? Uh, My dating red flag is um, I feel like dirtiness and stuff like that. If a girl's dirty, uh, it's just a red flag for me. So, First ever piece of music that you own, do you remember? Piece of music that I owned. Ooh, MP3. Uh, I'll probably say Not Afraid by Eminem. Don't seem like a guy that's afraid of much, but is there anything that you're afraid of? Ooh, me? Uh, I'm definitely afraid of snakes. I cannot deal with snakes. I hate snakes. Dream vacation. Where do you want to go? Uh, dream vacation is either Cancun or Hawaii for like a whole month. Cooking. If you were to impress somebody, what's the go-to dish? Oh, shrimp alfredo. I'm great at cooking that, so I'll cook that every day for a girl, anytime. Everybody's gamers, right? So what game are you best at? Ooh, it's funny. Uh, I just stopped playing games, honestly, on PlayStation, but before I was a big Call of Duty guy, uh, Warzone. I was pretty good at Warzone. Probably averaged like three kills a game, which is kind of bad, but I only played for like three months, so. Quads, solo? Ooh, quads. All right, I'm in between TV shows. I need something to watch. What's your binge-watching recommendation? Oh, I'm 
gonna give you a lot actually. The Boys, Ozarks, probably my two favorite shows of all time. Oh, Game of Thrones, that's a great show too. And honestly, I remember growing up watching The Walking Dead. That was probably one of my all-time favorites to watch too. Favorite sports movie? Dang. Favorite sports movie? White Man Can't Jump is hard and uh, uh, Love and Basketball. Speaking of sports movies, uh, The Waterboy has a Coach Klein. Does anybody call Coach Klein Mr. Coach Klein? I might have to start calling him that now. I'm definitely going to start calling him that now. I'm going to call him Coach Klein now. I forgot all about that. That's crazy. Do a little Bobby Boucher accent maybe? Yeah. (laughs) I might have to, yeah. I'm definitely going to call him that now. All right, and to wrap up, who is going to win the Super Bowl this year? Uh, I'm a Seahawks fan and also a Kansas City Chiefs fan, but I might have to give it to Kansas City Chiefs, so go Chiefs. He kind of stopped me in my tracks when uh, I asked him about his TV show recommendations, and he mentioned he grew up with The Walking Dead. I'm like, how old is that show now? Nah, it started in 2010. He's probably like 10, 11 yeah. years old when that show started. Uh-huh. I'll give still you on. First out of the box with the boys. Yeah. That's one that you don't hear much. I have, I have not seen it. I hear that it is Psycho. Psycho, okay. Very good. Uh, you have my attention. Yeah, it's Twisted. I like how he knows he's got to root for the local team, too. <laughs> the Chiefs. Like, oh, yeah, I love the Chiefs, too. <laughs> I almost gave him some heat for uh, liking two teams, but yeah. I'm like, it's Felix. It's Felix. Uh, he could snap my neck if he wanted to. <laughs> uh, hour two of the game. We're going to talk Big 12 talks from Skylar Thompson. Don't go anywhere. Local news next.